right, everyone. Welcome to the Dizzy Breakdown. I'm Maya. And I'm Caro. And we're two American friends on totally opposite coasts who love to break down and break down over Turkish TV shows. So uh, welcome to episode two, everyone. Thanks yeah. for tuning back in. Welcome back. I was really happy that we had people listen to our first episode. That was really cool. We knocked our expectations out of the park, which we kept very modest. And I'm so pleased that we had people that listened. Thank you guys so much. So we did have a plan for the second episode. We were going to record a couple episodes before we put out the first one. It was going to be pretty seamless. And we did. We did it. And it was great. I'm like, there's the holiday Thanksgiving in America. We'll put one out. We'll have one partially edited we'll have a plan for the rest of the year and then the plans change the plan got turned upside down because as things do in Disneyland, they change so dear listeners we are actually re-recording this entire episode yeah it's been a couple weeks not the plan but i think it'll be a better episode for it i mean what we talked about it's so out of date now it's almost comical if you were to listen <laughs> to how hopeful and optimistic we were a few weeks ago we knew going in that if we were gonna tackle a show that is not completed it would be like this but of course we ran into an issue the very first time we did it we thought we had an idea of where the show was going to go and we were 100 wrong we were trying to be smart about it and i think intelligence is not the route we should have taken no it's not so here we are so you guys get to listen to this episode instead which we hope you enjoy but to kick things off maya why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've been watching lately I mean, if you follow me on Twitter or just anywhere. Which I do. I stalk you on social media. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do it with love. But it's Yarga. Obviously. It's Yarga. If the writing gets bad in this show, my mental health will deeply deteriorate. Yeah, I honestly think I might be done with Dizzy's. If this breaks my trust the way other shows have broken your trust, Maya, I'm out. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not out. But I agree. I love it so much. I trust every writing decision. Every time I'm waiting for some cliche or something stupid. Ilgaz just does the right thing. We're just so broken over normal disease. So broken. I expect the worst every time with every show now because that's what's been happening. So I agree. And I just realized too, I think maybe you told me this, that the writer of Yarga also wrote Black Money Love, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, I think so. Someone was also on Twitter today talking about Sia Bayaz Ash because she was part of it. It sounds like she has the chops. What a rap sheet. I mean, I want to give her a muffin basket because these are some of my favorite shows. She is amazing. So Yarga, I'm all in. The angst that it is giving me that confession at the end in the rain. Oh my God. I want to live in that moment. People want them to kiss and I get it eventually, but I'm just here. Like that is everything that I wanted because I agree. I watched it more times than I dare to admit because it was so perfectly done. Just the way that Jalen was so desperate to like hug him to touch him to be with him to tell him everything to realize that that's your person that you want to be there for your life's moments whether good or bad and the way it played out on screen was just beautiful I cannot say how much I was obsessed with that scene everything about it was so good and then him like it's everything he's wanted and now can't have it he's holding himself back which is a typical dizzy trope like I'm not saying it broke my trust I I expected it but it's fine no no I, I love it I wanted that because it would have been so much worse if he'd done what normal shows would have done and he gives in for a moment and makes it 10 times worse in the aftermath. And now there's a legitimate 
blockade for them. One thing I wasn't thrilled about was I didn't really get why Jalen ran away. I mean, I do to an extent, but I didn't think it was a good enough reason based on her feelings. I don't know. I agree with the writing choices. I think she's very in character. She's just an erratic person. And... She is in character, but her whole rationale was that she's darkness and she didn't want to bring the white knight into darkness. I I'm like that, that though. I thought I that know, that was good writing. But that was only going to last so long and now there's a legitimate plot point. Oh yeah, no, I agree with that. And I also love the show where anything like it only last maybe an episode a lesser writer would have found a way to make some of their small issues into multi-episode to turn into 12 episodes at this point uh -huh, yeah don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah, i have no idea what i'm talking about but yeah that has been where i'm at i've uh put all of the episodes on my phone so i can watch without internet i was mm. on an airplane recently is that all you watched on the plane pretty much no it was a great time and that's the thing about watching things on a plane, though, is having subtitles. Like, I, someone's going to look over my shoulder and see not only subtitles and know what I'm watching, but also the unofficial subtitles, which may <laughs> or may not make sense. Yeah. It's so funny. Do you ever, like, you're watching the subtitles and then you'll watch something else, like, whether it be a GIF or FanVid or anything else where there's also subtitles, but they're slightly different? Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's a different interpretation <laughs> of that. Yeah. Sometimes for the shows, it makes it better because you're like, oh, that was a sad moment. They're like, oh, my God, that's the word they use. Mm, yes. Like, I think there's multiple American interpretations of what Jalen actually tells Ilgaz in the last episode. And I find beautiful and I know it's beautiful, but I almost feel like the true meaning, if I actually spoke Turkish, would be even more heart-wrenching than what we actually saw and, and how they subtitled it. Yeah, I think there are a couple idioms in there where I'm like, I can only get close and yeah. hopefully that's enough. Mm -hmm. But yes, so to sum up, Yarga takes up a large proportion of my brain space. Fair enough, as it should. And then the other main one I'm really liking is Uchkurush still. The summer is over, drama season is here, and it is my happy place. <laughs> I'm really loving it. There are five episodes out. I'm really enjoying how it talks a lot about the Turkish Romani people, which is a group that I did not know existed. And I don't know, it's just a cool crime drama with really interesting characters. And it's funny and the acting is good. And I'm just having a great time and I'm... More and more excited for if and when you join me in watching it because there's some moments that I really want to share with you, but I also can't because I want you to watch it and be surprised the same way I was. I appreciate that. You know, I'm not a big spoiler fan. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it 100%. The more I see on it, the more I like it. And obviously I love noodly heads, so <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I know. You've developed this interesting attachment to Uraz, which- I just think it's because of Sanan, the way he portrayed Sanan. <laughs> and Ash 101. I don't know why I love him. I just do. I think that there are definitely worse people to love. So I'm excited to have your relationship with his resume grow. Absolutely. It's on my short list. I'll put it that way. Okay. There's a long list. I'll probably talk about the list in every single podcast. Yeah. It's my map of what I'm going to watch. But it looks fantastic. All four leads look great. The costumes seem... <laughs> I, I'm really curious to see the stories behind some of these costumes. I see them, you know, on pictures and in the gifts. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. It's a choice. The choice. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Also, remember last episode, I talked about how I didn't really like Cal PRC, but I was still gonna watch. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think the moment I said that, I was like, that's actually more of a commitment than I want. I don't enjoy it. I don't think the elements are executed very well. And I think I'm out for now. And that's fair. And here's the thing. Show dedication is a privilege, not a right. <laughs> Just because a channel decides to air a show that looks like it should be something we should watch doesn't mean we should watch it. You know, the show has to be good. If Call Your Ass is not your thing, I support that. 
I'm going to keep watching it. But it's more of like a hate watch. I know what's coming. I've seen the comments on it. I know I'm going to be fast forwarding a lot through it. But I want to know how it ends. Yeah. It's a nice low effort show. It's a low effort show. It's a good way of putting it. I just think that I have less than low effort for it. Fair. So uh, I think it's off my list for now. I forgot about this the first time we recorded. I watched the first episode of Kuloop the club mm, a week or that? two ago it, first i'll say i only watched the first of six episodes except i just saw that either season two or part two of season one comes out soon are they long episodes no they're 45 okay. minutes to an hour somewhere in there i watched the first one it has a lot of topics that could be interesting it's talking about jewish people in turkey it's in the 1940s barish is in it he looks like he's a promising character i heard barish isn't in it that much is that true from what i've seen he's a secondary character. It has a lot of potential and interesting subject matter, but it runs into something that I'm going to talk about every time we talk about Turkish Netflix, where I don't think they've quite got a handle on writing short episodes that are as engaging. Oh, interesting. It's not a dizzy. And I know that dizzies have their own ways of gripping you. And after two hours, so much has happened that even if you're not 100% invested in the characters yet, enough of the story has gotten out there. There's been enough drama, enough something to hopefully keep you going in for more. This one, it's less like a Dizzy and it is like a Netflix show, but I didn't find it as engaging. And I'm saying this as someone who loves period dramas. Before I was fully back into Dizzy's, I love British movies and shows and period dramas. And this was not quite hitting the mark for me. So mm -hmm. I put it on the back burner to go back to, I don't know, maybe someday, but I did watch it. It was interesting but i'm not okay. sure i mean i love the fact that it's bringing Kyrillic like ash characters together i love the barish worked with sully again i think that's adorable in turkish disease it's amazing to me how frequently actors work together on projects. That's something I honestly love so much about Dizzy's as well, where if a pairing or a friendship or something works, it's not off the table that they work together again in even a similar capacity. Irish and Elgin. They yeah, did they did their movie. movie. Yeah, which I thought was adorable. That is such a good movie. I didn't like it, but we can Of course you didn't <laughs> like it. I don't think it was written very well. Maya, I rented that. I spent money so on that. So did I. <laughs> See, for me, that was exactly the type of rom-com that I love. And this is why we are opposites who <laughs> somehow watch the same shows. I thought it was adorable. And I thought Barish looked absolutely adorable in that movie. And Elton looked great, too. She had, like, a tan. I was like, you don't look like that thing. It was great. You can have it. When we do our Kirlik Ashk episode, we'll do a segment on this movie, I think. I mean, do I think it should win awards? No. Was it so cute to see them in a different dynamic? Yes. But like, but also romantically involved. Yes. I have more thoughts on this that we can do another time. But yes. <laughs> Why are you trying to rain on my lovely rom-com parade? Because <laughs> I am here for the darkness and the drama. So There was no darkness to that movie. <laughs> That's why I have to bring it with my negative opinions, which I feel are somewhat objective. Anyway. I have my own <laughs> negative opinions about other things, which we will get into later in this episode. Yes. All right. What else are you watching? Well, the only other thing I wanted to briefly bring up is over Thanksgiving, I roped my cousin into rewatching for me Yurina Tech Billet, which that's right, you mentioned that to me, and I have never heard of this before. I love this movie so much, and I forgot apparently it's Turkey's first Netflix original movie. And I watched it when it came out, and I thought it was really good, and I kind of forgot about it. And 
and the last couple weeks I've been thinking about it and it reminded me of how good a movie that is and it's just two strangers on a train and a long journey and it is interesting. Is that with Dylan? Yeah, it's with Dylan. Okay, I have heard of that. It's a great movie and I thought I should bring it up and I want to talk about it more at some point. Anyway, so yeah, that's been my watchings of late. But what about you? How's your Disneyland experience been? I've been very busy lately, unfortunately. In real life. In real life, yes. My real life has actually been busy. Obviously, Yarga. Yarga is my number one right now. You should be very happy about that, Maya, because we're on the same page with this. I am somewhat happy, but now it's not just mine, and I don't know how to feel about that. I'll get over it. You still love it the most. I'll say that. But for me and my list of what I'm watching, it's what I care the most about at the moment. That makes me happy. Very, very into Ilgaz and Jalen. I'm living for them. I'm living vicariously through them. I want an Ilgaz. Not this one. Jalen gets him. I'm just so impressed by his manners, by his actions. I'm not saying he always does everything right, but he tries to, and that's what's important. And he doesn't fall into the usual tropes of like making really big mistakes. And then the plot follows that and what happens because of those mistakes. There's so much going on in the show that they don't need those stupid plot points. Every character is interesting in their own way. I mean, what a villain Engen is. Like, he's fantastic. And the actor who plays him is so good. Yeah. And also, I was re-watching episode two earlier today, and I forgot how much I and maybe all viewers don't like Parse the first couple episodes. Because he's a delight now. I love him he's on a screen. For the first couple episodes, I'm like, not this asshole again. Get off my screen. <laughs> and I thought he was going to become a villain that really, you know, because... Ilgaz jilted his sister and broke off the engagement. I thought he was going to fall into that typical trope of him being dirty and doing anything he can, regardless of whether it's right to really hurt Ilgaz and to throw up his career. And he's not. He's a delight. He's really enjoyable. And I really like him with Ilgaz. They, as a duo, were kind of funny. Bro TP. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron and Ilgaz were the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, Yarga, like I said, my number one. I'm dying to see the next episode. It looks so good with Ilgaz flipping out in that van. That trailer, my heart. That's the most active we've seen him. Like he has never expressed that much emotion before. He lost it and loved it so much. I'm here here for it. it. (laughs) I was so worked up watching it. And I watched it again and again. And I watched with subtitles. And I found a different version with subtitles. I know. It dropped when I was at work because I actually went into the office. And I think I messaged you and I was like, tell me what happened. (laughs) I messaged you in all caps. Like, there's going to be pain on Sunday. I can't wait. And I was like, describe it to me. (laughs) You're busy adulting. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then I did end up watching it on mute in the bathroom. (laughs) Like, not that I can't use my phone at work, but like all my coworkers were around me. And I was like, like, that they're gonna You're be like, being responsible. Ugh, I hate when I have to be responsible. But it was so good. So yeah, we have lots of thoughts on Yarga. I could spend this entire episode on it. I'm not going to. I will move on. I'm still actively watching Bayanlish. I just finished episode 12. So I have episode 13 and 14 left. It is so cute. I don't know whether it's because they knew the show was going to end prematurely. Like, I'm not sure when they got that notice that the show was going to end. But I'm really liking how they're playing the different relationships. They did fall into some stupid romantic tropes, as all rom-coms do. But I'm liking it. The chemistry is really good between them. It's just a fun, light show to watch that I very much enjoy. Like, suddenly now, the mothers all get together and they agree now that everything's great. And I'm like, oh, so we spent all these episodes (laughs) trying to keep them apart. And now you just magically think they're great 
great together. All right, that's cool. My thing about that show was they only have one big breakup. Yes. And that was so refreshing as someone who, I enjoy rom-coms, but my tolerance for some of Mm -hmm. the nonsense is low. So this was nice where it just felt. But is it because they knew the show was ending, so they didn't have time for more nonsense? I like to think not. Okay. Just because the character's chemistry, like they're just such good friends so early on. I know. That they both kind of wanted to not be fighting again so they could get back to their dynamic. There's one really cute thing that happens in the show where Osger is always playing with Esgi's hair. And I just think that is the most adorable little tick that he does. And he's done it for the past few episodes. It's just so cute. And even though he's this big muscly guy with half a tank top on at best. Oh my God, his outfits. His outfits, Maya. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to finish the thought and say, I just like that he's not super macho, even yes. though he's aesthetically a lot. Agreed. <laughs> I'm, I cut you off with purpose because that's how outraged I am by his <laughs> outfits. They were at an event and they're dancing. I think it's the opening of their new restaurant. And <laughs> he's wearing like a shirt tied together with like red <laughs> straps. It's the most awful outfit I've ever seen. You saw what he wore to his own sister's wedding. And those sneakers that he wears 80% of the time. They match the stupid shirt with the red tie. (laughs) And then all the shirts that he has with like weird decals like stuck and kind of hanging off. Oh my god. And then some of his necklaces, you could literally tie a boat up with it. It's (laughs) terrible. I don't know who styled him for that show, but if you're ever listening to this, I have a lot of questions to ask you. It's nice for a change to make fun of the guy's outfits because there's a lot of sensual copy. Like, Hyundai is a gorgeous woman, so pretty much anything looks good on her, but doesn't mean everything should be put on her. We've had this discussion on Discord. Some of those outfits, man. I would never leave my house if I had to wear some of those outfits. So Bayanlish a really cute rom-com. For a while, I didn't want to watch it because there was so few episodes. And when I was new to Turkish Dizzies, I associated very few episodes with a bad show. And I see the error of my ways because sometimes you just need a couple cute episodes to really lighten the mood or to distract you or make you happy. And that's what Bayamlish is. And then third, really the only other thing, Adamasala. I'm still behind, but I'm watching it. I think it's better as a binge. I'm watching it, or I was watching it week to week. I mean, the show doesn't need much. The people are so pretty. You don't need much more than that. They carry the show. Yeah, I'm a couple episodes behind as well. It was one that I really liked and was keeping up with, mm-hmm. but with all the writing twists and turns that feel quite random and... It lost its way a little bit. It lost its way, and I guess it makes sense that the news that came out a little bit ago about how it's ending. Yes, the big news. Episode 25. This was bigger news last week when we decided to air the episode. <laughs> But we're going to mention it again. I will say it ended up being my favorite 2021 summer show of the ones that I watched. It didn't start out that way. I actually hadn't planned on watching it. But the day it came out on Twitter, everyone was talking about it. And I figured I'd give it a shot. And it was nice. It was really romantic and really interesting and really gorgeous. But at Mm. the same time, not as comical. Yeah, it was the least funny of the rom-coms. I think. Yeah, and I liked that. Or it was contained 
contained in certain characters in a way that I enjoyed. And Yeah, I know what you mean. And I said it in the last episode, but it really just gave me all of the travel wish fulfillment that mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do in person. Mm-hmm. So I had a good time. And so I think if the writing was still strong, I'd be disappointed it was ending. But all this random things happen in one episode, like she's kidnapped for a second. And this is a that rom-com. That was so much more dramatic than I thought it was going to be. Like I thought it was going to be a very simple, she gets kidnapped. Well, but it looks for her and like ends up finding her. It took twists and turns that I did not see coming. Yeah, so. and it was done well. But in the overall context of the show, there's so many other plot points where like even her going to Izmir, they've set up Istanbul being a place he can't go, but a place she's from. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is going to be him working through a trauma. He's going to see her life. It'll be interesting. And they're like, actually, no, she's going to Izmir. It definitely lost its way. And then just all the one-offs. And again, it's been a couple weeks since I... I've been invested in it but mm-hmm. yeah so with what's going on now I think it's better that they still end while it's on a good high I mean not ratings wise but the story is still <laughs> feels good burn well, I'm just saying it got the two zeros last week so <laughs> I agree I'm happy it's ending because I'm impressed it lasted this long it was a good show I started off watching it wanting to watch it loved it for a really long time but it got a little drawn out I want to say it was both boring and too much was happening at the same time because no plot was really strong they were just these weak plot points I didn't really care about the Melissa Berejik and Alper storyline that didn't interest me it was silly in a way that wasn't interesting to me so really the mains are why I watched it I love Poiraz so much I think he's just so cute so there was just also a lot of plot points that they either breezed past or like we could have spent time here and it would have been good but like no we're gonna do something random for an episode agreed and I still really wanted to see Poiraz go see Hazaran's life in yeah and doing it earlier in the show felt like Mm -hmm. it could have been a good trade-off absolutely say love say love (laughs) but yes I'm so in it for Aicha and Al in real life and just their chemistry on screen is amazing agreed whatever their relationship is outside of it I will not speculate on but whatever it is is adorable and I'm here for it and I wish them all the best in the future and their upcoming projects and hope we get to see them together on screen sometime soon agreed I think it's hard to disagree with the fact that they are two of the prettiest co-stars of the 2021 Disney season. I will say as a side note, the casting directors of this summer season did so well. So well. I mean, they brought a couple together in real life with Bat Oyono. Bat Oyono, Alamasala, Ashkamantik Intercom. Those are the three main ones that I watched this summer. The chemistry and the pairings are so good. They were so good. I don't think there's a casting directors award, but if there is, whoever these people are deserve all the praise hats off to you agreed i have such a soft spot for bot you know i know we don't talk about it that much on the podcast yet but for me yes the plot dragged on too long and i have a lot of gripes with the writers but there's just something about that show it was so funny it was one of the few shows that made me laugh out loud and i'm still a little bitter that it didn't last nearly as long as i had wanted it to yeah um because i think it had promise and the cast was just so good so good. The chaotic energy. Gemma Baisel, who played Ada. I was thinking recently about, remember how in the early episodes of Senshal Kapami, Ada was supposed to be this crazy off-the-handle person? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't come close to, like, what we thought was, quote, crazy and insane, you know, the dizzy, fiery woman trope. Chaotic energy, I think, is a good way of putting it. Ada just blazed past that, and I loved mm-hmm. that so much. If nothing else about that show. But it was funny. Gemma did things that 
that if another actress had done and done in a lesser way would have fallen flat. The jokes would not have landed. She nailed it. It was so funny where normally I'd be like a little annoyed, but I wasn't. I was laughing. She's so good. With her. So good. Both of them are so good too. And they're so young. They're so young. 22 and... I just Itaj is so smiley in real life and I think that's when I really started to fall in love with them as a cast because he's just so serious on the show and so grumpy and so grr and then you see him on Instagram and he can't stop smiling and laughing I'm like how do you even work like how do you get the scenes done when you're just smiling all day the bloopers of that show are so funny because it's mainly just the two of them losing it and all of the guest stars like I want to deliver my lines and do well but these clowns cannot be serious for two seconds I do hope they get to work together again they were phenomenal They better. They have time ahead of them. All right. So. So now that we've gotten our recap. Our weekly breakdown done. The first breakdown of the episode. (laughs) First breakdown. Time for the emotional breakdown. Should we get into the main subject of today's episode? We should. And I don't even want to say its name. So Maya, you introduce it. All right, guys. (laughs) For our first official full episode, we decided to tackle Ashkmontagit.com, also known as Love, Logic, Revenge. We debated a bit early on when we were planning the podcast if we should start with a completed show or a show that's still currently airing and this is slash was Carol's favorite and there's so much social media and buzz about the show we figured this would be the perfect episode and so we recorded a whole episode breaking Mm -hmm. it down and then episode 23 aired and of course that was the day we put up our first episode like hooray we have another episode in the queue ready (laughs) to go and like actually everything we said is not not really relevant anymore. So I respect what we tried to do, but here we have to do it again. I feel like I was a whole different person when we recorded <laughs> it after 22 because I was so hopeful and I felt like I was almost in the minority where I really, not that I enjoyed where it was going, but I was hopeful that the worst was over and we were moving into a new era <laughs> that was good and was going to bring about new plot points. And 23 happened. And the wild thing is, so I watched it on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, literally my whole family is the house. I was like, I just need a couple hours. <laughs> and literally just escaped to watch the show. I enjoyed the episode. Like I saw the promo. I didn't read any spoilers. So I didn't know what was coming. But I knew Ezra and Ozan were going to be away. They were going to be hanging out with each other. It was going to be beautiful. I was excited. I genuinely enjoyed most of the episode. Even to the end, I'm thinking, oh, okay. So the next episode, Ozan's going to follow Ezra. He's going to bring her back. When I tell you, I'm literally in the kitchen, scrolling through Twitter. Family's all around me. And I'm seeing the spoilers. And I think I messaged you, Maya, and I was like, what am I reading? Because you do a much better job of reading things coherently and really processing them and getting the full picture where I just kind of skim certain people's Twitter and I'm getting fragments of what's (laughs) happening. And I'm like, what is going on? Why would they do this? Yes. When there's so many other things to do. Needless to say, Caro is upset. I disagree with the direction the show is taken, and I'm sad. Yeah, I'm here for you. So as of the recording of this, episode 23 was last week. Episode 24 aired today. I don't know when I will watch it. I may just pause and maybe binge it at some point in the future. But Maya, I don't think you've watched 24 either yet? No. I was hanging on for Caro and for podcast reasons. <laughs> and honestly, once we recorded it the first time, I was like, yes, there's no pressure for me to try anymore. God damn it, I gotta watch the new 
months. <laughs> Will you watch it once it's over? Well, we're going to have to do a final thoughts episode. Okay, so. if we weren't doing a podcast, would you watch it once it's over? I don't know. I think I would probably do what I might still do is just watch unsubtitled YouTube clips and read Twitter <laughs> and cobble together an impression from that. I don't know. We'll get into this later, but I did like the show for a while. It was the best. Yeah, it was a great show. I'm just such a big picture thinker. I love writing and stories and breaking things down that way that looking at it as a big picture, even 10 episodes ago, I was mentally out the door. I didn't feel like they could reel it back to the original feeling. People, and by people, I mean people, but also especially Caro, will think that that is a dramatic approach to being out of shows. I have been hurt in the past. Everyone is different, and I don't judge you. You've seen me in the past. I mean, when Ozan married Shala, I think I remember messaging you, and I was like, I need to take a break because I'm so upset. And it's a TV show, and I'm an adult. I should not (laughs) be feeling this way about a TV show. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. And then... I think I stopped and then I went on vacation and I had like a couple episodes to catch up on and nothing good happened in those episodes that I binged. But somehow it reeled me back in and I've been watching week to week ever since, but it's time for me to take another pause. I'm going to interrupt this little rant. We'll come back to it. (laughs) Okay. I think we've jumped the breakdown to the breakdown over of our podcast. I know. I'm sorry. I went totally off script. (laughs) That's all right. It was going to happen whether it happened now or in a couple minutes. But yes, this episode, we're breaking down Ashmont to get to come. For an unspoilery description, even though we've kind of jumped right into where it's at now. We've jumped right in. I feel like maybe we should have warned people that this was going to be a spoilery discussion. But by the time this episode actually drops, who knows where the show will be. And also, I think people will see if they watch the show, they might want to listen to this episode. If they don't, I'd be curious to know why you're listening. And you can email us about that. But we hope you are still listening, even if you have no interest in watching Ashmantic Intigum. I mean, just for the pure enjoyment of hearing me rant about writers I've never <laughs> Something for everyone. Something for everyone. But just a little overview of the show. Ashmantik Intikam, the story centered around a working class married couple, Ezra, played by Berju Ozberg, and Ozan, played by Ilhan Shen who divorced suddenly under mysterious circumstances. And after a two-year separation, Ozan has become a wealthy entrepreneur, and both Ezra and Ozan's lives are turned upside down when Ezra sees an article on Ozan's success, and the two are pulled back into each other's lives. Which really seems like such a great setup for a show. Like, the sky was the limit here in terms of where the plot could go. It's a summer dizzy, mirrored on Fox, June 18th, and it was originally based on a K-drama called Cunning Single Lady. Now, I actually watched Cunning Single Lady because I was so in love with Ashmantik and Tikam that I really wanted to see the source material and see the differences, see the similarities. I had never seen a K-drama before. So for me, that was very interesting. And to be honest, Cunning Single Lady, it's a great show. They did a really good job. It's different. It's only 16 episodes and they're an hour each, but it just was better. I mean, both shows start out the same way, but Cunning Single Lady stays on track and keeps things tight, if that makes sense. They don't go off onto these tangent plot lines that no one wants to see. (laughs) Maybe one person wants to see. I don't know. If you're out there and you want to see the plot lines that are currently happening on AMI, please message me on Twitter because I would love to talk to you about it. And, you know, at the time of this podcast recording, I think we've mentioned this, episode 24 aired, but Maya and I have only seen up to episode 23. This episode covers episodes 1 through 24. But as a show, um, if we look at it more objectively, it's had pretty solid ratings for the most part for a summer show. To Fox's dismay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
So bitter. We gotta stay on track here. <laughs> it's had a pretty solid run and it's lasted longer than could be expected for whatever reason. But yeah, it's been a solid show. And so for our regular episodes, something that was really important to me when we were outlining the podcast was I really wanted us to give some stats about the show just to give people some background and just to kind of talk in a holistic way. And that's the first thing I do after I finish a show is I'm on Instagram looking up the actors. I'm on Wikipedia. Yep. I want to know about the people and I want to know about the behind the scenes of the filming. And so that was something I thought we should include. It's always fun when you find a new show to go see a little behind the curtain as to what they're like as actual people versus their characters. So I agree. I find that to be always kind of fun. To yeah. See. And it's nice. Like when you're really interested in something, I want to know everything about it. And so I was just wanted to take a second and we can break down the four lead actors of this show, mm-hmm. even though it's a rom-com with ostensibly one pairing. The show came out from the beginning with what they considered four lead actors. And unfortunately, even still, they're utilizing them as four main actors. So first we have Burju Osberg, who is our lead actress. She plays Ezra. She's phenomenal. She's just a really good actress. There are some dizzies where the actress is just pretty and it works, Mm -hmm. but she's really talented. And her role in AMI really proves that she's just as good at drama as she is at comedy. Because the show shifted. I would not consider this a comedy show anymore, would you? Oh God, no. She does both great. She does both really well and believably, Mm -hmm. even in the beginning when it was was way more comedic and there was a lot more of her at home with her family in the Mahala. She would deliver these lines that are whip smart and really funny, but it didn't take away from the tragic backstory that we slowly got pieces of. You know, one of my favorite funny moments that she does in like the first three episodes where Ozan is in the neighborhood and he's in his car and I think she expects him to pick her up and bring her to work and he doesn't and he drives away and (laughs) she takes a rock and she throws it at the car. And it actually hits the car and she has this look on her face and then she runs the other way when the car stops. It's so funny. And she doesn't even say anything that makes it funny. It's her facial expressions. It's her mannerisms. She has a natural talent. Doing a little bit of research on her, she rose to fame in the show Ganeshin Kislara. And that show seems to have a lot of other actors who are pretty prominent today, but as babies, like Handa Arajal is in it. Up until AMI, Burju seems to be the most famous for her role in the rom-com Affili Ash, which she earned a Golden Butterfly Award for. Both you and I have watched Affili Ash. Yes. Did you finish Affili Ash, Maya? <sighs> no. <I'll... laughs> okay. Not to put you on the spot. I have eight episodes left. I stopped watching it months ago. I kind of know some spoilers. I did like it. It's just, again, I can only focus on one show at a time and I jump shit for something else. It has my beloved in it though. Your husband, Chalar, is in it. Yes. I love him. I have eight episodes left and if and when we do an episode about it, it'll give me the final push I need to finish it. I will finish it. I want to. It was great. It's just, it's rom-com and I'm here for the dramas. But uh, as far as Burju goes, Affili Ashk is a great show Mm -hmm. and she did amazing in it, but it was a comedy. It fell into all the typical rom-com tropes. I really enjoyed Affili Ashk, but as much as I love Chalar, I liked Ashmantik and Tikim more. I have to change my tenses now, but um, it was just a more interesting show for a really long time. There was something special about AMI and I think that's why it hurts so much that it's fallen from my graces. But I agree. She's really great. But I think on the other hand, what makes AMI so good is the second lead. Do you want to talk about Mr. Cheekbones? (laughs) 
Yes. Our main male lead is Ilhan Shen, who plays Ozon. This guy, he's a former model. You can look at him from a mile away and be like, oh yeah, he was a former model. I can tell. As far as Turkish actors go, his career is still definitely on the rise, but he's been doing a great job. He's most famous for probably up until now, his role in Ramo. And actually there was a fan edit of his character, Nejo, that helped me find Ramo. That was not the reason I stayed when I watched Ramo, but that was what got me in. And he did a great job in that show. AMI is his first show where he plays a leading role and it's the first show that he seems to be collecting awards for. He's doing great and I feel like it's only upward for him. He seems like a really nice, quiet guy too. And I appreciate that about him. Like it makes me like him more because he's very attractive. Well, I was gonna say, is it bad that I kind of love him more for it? Because you see anyone with cheekbones like that and you're like, they can't be nice too. They can't be nice. Like you're just naturally kind of a jerk when you're that attractive because you don't have to be nice. And he seems very contemplative. Like sometimes he'll post music from his Spotify on his Instagram and it's classical music. And I'm like, how are you this adorable? I don't know any guys that listen to They don't even know what classical music is. <laughs> so yeah, I adore him. I agree. I look forward to following his career. Provided he doesn't do what Barish has done, which is do a period show that I have absolutely no interest in. I really hope he does shows that I want to watch because I've loved watching him in Ash Mantic and Come. He's great. I love Ozan. Like, I still have the desire to defend Ozan, even though his life choices have ruined my life. You know? <laughs> All right. Our other female lead is played by Melissa Dongal, playing the character of Chala. The main thing for me about Melissa is that she is young, like really young, and it's not something you realize at first glance. She's only 22, and uh, it took me a while to wrap my head around that because she is younger than me, but she looks much older, and I don't know what to do with that information. She does have a very mature mature look to her she could easily play 30 and i mean that in a good way maybe it's how they dress her i'm not sure but yeah the age is fascinating she started her acting career it seems like in 2014 in a dizzy called elif she's probably most recognized for her role as jaren in senchal kapami that's Mm -hmm. where i first heard about her she seems to have been on the rise since then i did think it was funny when i was looking her up that wikipedia called chala a lead role slash main villain which Mm -hmm. yeah agreed no argument for me and then our final lead actor is Barack Yoruk, who plays Chinar. I don't know much about him, to be honest. Yeah, this is the first I've seen him. Yeah, and I looked him up and he seems to have started as a child actor. And even when AMI started, he seemed to have existing fans. But looking at all the projects he's done, nothing stood out to me as something that they could all be coming from. So if you've watched him in something before and you were a fan of him, I'd love for someone to message us or something and let us know where it's from because I'm quite curious. But other than that, I didn't find a lot of information about him, but I will be honest, I didn't look that hard because he doesn't interest (laughs) me deeply. But he's there. He's out there. He's there. So diving back into AMI, let's just talk about it as a show and how we both got into watching in the first place. Do you want to start and tell us how you got into Ashmontic and Tacom? Absolutely. There's a very easy answer to this. Maya told me to. (laughs) (laughs) I specifically remember getting messages from you on Discord saying you should watch Ashmantic Intikim next. I think you'd like it. And I said, okay. Usually when Maya suggests something to me, she knows what I like. She knows what shows I like. She knows the tropes I like. She knows that I'm very into a good romance. So when she tells me to watch something, I trust her judgment. 
obviously, I instantly fell in love with the chemistry of Ilber. I absolutely loved Ezra and Ozan as characters. Their chemistry is exactly what I want in a rom-com or any kind of show, really, that has a romance to it. I can't describe it. I just think that they're so good together as scene partners on the show. They complement each other well. They play off of each other very well. I just really enjoy watching them. So, you know, my favorite kind of shows are the funny and sweet rom-coms with great chemistry. And this show ticked all of those boxes. So the short answer is Maya said jump and I said how high. (laughs) I appreciate having someone who takes my recommendations. You're welcome. Yeah, I do. You're great at it. I try really hard to only recommend things I think the other person would like. And part of that is a selfish reason, because if I recommend what I like and they don't like it, I don't want to hear their bad takes. Yeah, it's always hard. But I love having a friend who will take my recommendations and also who doesn't see it as bullying. I didn't say that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciated it. And you were right. I loved it. You were spot on. No one could have foreseen how the show was going to go at that point. And I think I caught up when the show was around episode nine or ten. And up until then, it had been a really perfect summer rom-com. Success, kind of. But what about you, Maya? Tell me what brought you into the world of Ashmantic Inticum. What's funny is of the three 2021 summer dizzies that I watched, this was the last one for me to get into. I think I started maybe episode seven or eight. I honestly can't remember, but it was well underway. And I think part of the reason I couldn't get into it is I'd just been watching Affiliate Ashk. Mm-hmm. I'd watched Ilhan in Ramo. And I also say in Ramo, partially because he's a villain character, I did not see him as super attractive. That might just also be a me thing. I think that's a you thing. I haven't seen Ramo, but he's pretty hot in those videos I've seen. <laughs> it's the cheekbones. Well, that's the thing. He seemed almost unreal. I don't want to say plastic, but I have to say it. The cheekbones, he just looks so symmetrical. I didn't know what to mm-hmm. do with that information. And also because Gemma Beisel's in another summer show and the two of them are together in Ramo, part of me was thinking, oh, why didn't the casting directors give them a rom-com? That felt like the next step. And now you've seen the error of your ways there, right? I, okay, yes, I will take that. (laughs) Because I started watching it and one of my favorite tropes is the people who've broken up and have been separated by time and space for a while and come back together and find their way back to each other. That's one of my favorite tropes. And on Tumblr and Twitter, I was seeing all the excitement as the new episodes were coming out. And I thought, okay, I had some free time and I caught up pretty quickly and it was great. And for the first while, I loved the story. I loved the chemistry. I loved the incoming angst because I looked up the spoilers for Cunning Single Lady. I think that was also part of the reason why I started it because that plot was something I was really excited to see unfold. Yeah. So I dove in and... uh... They broke your trust. You dove in and they broke your trust. Yeah. And if it had played out more in tune with Cunning Single Lady, I think it would have been more interesting. It would have been more interesting. And the thing was, from everything I read about Cunning Single Lady, it was close to good. I think if they had stayed a little more on course with the Cunning Single Lady storyline, they had so much room to make that original storyline better. Yeah. Instead of suddenly trying to find its own weird identity and do a bunch of random things. And that worked well for no one. I'm not going to speculate on what goes on behind the scenes of this show. But all I will say about it is it seems that there is something not one person in that writer's room could have said, yes, this is a great direction. I don't know whether they switched writers because that happens. I think it happened in Senchal Kapemi where they switched writers and things got a little off track. But they had a blueprint in Cunning Single Lady. And that's what's wild about how poorly these plots have been executed is that they had a blueprint. They're not creating new storylines out of thin air. There was a lot more they could have gone to be in sync with Cunning Single Lady, but still put their own spin on it, as you said. So it's flabbergasting to me that they did 
should do that. But I mean, it's not all bad. It does some things well. It's popular for a reason, you know. So Maya, why don't you give a little oversight of of what you think it does well before it broke your trust? It's great as a rom-com. Those first 10 or 12 episodes, there's initial angst. Something that we don't know, which we find out later, is Ezra's miscarriage. But the question that Ozan has from the beginning is, why did you leave me? Mm-hmm. And you see these two characters who clearly still love each other and there's something big between them, but they're still falling back into each other's orbit and growing as characters. Their lives have changed since they've been together. And so it's them finding their way back, but as slightly different people. So that was really good. And their hairstyles have changed. Their hairstyles have changed. So uh, the relationship should work now. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and I'm the first to say, I don't enjoy the calm aspect of rom-coms that's not the first thing I'm here for but what they did have I thought was really well done and I liked that it was sort of separated to their families the mother-in-laws there's like little hijinks that I quite liked and even if it was objectively sometimes silly those were fun aspects I will say the family storyline was done so much better in Ashmantic Intikum. The character of Echo, I love Echo on the show. I think the actor does a really great job of portraying him. Yeah, he's kind of silly sometimes, but he's got a good heart and that comes through too, which is nice. Mm -hmm. In Cunning Single Lady, the brother was a creep. He's not in it too much, but he's not a sympathetic character at all. So I do think that they did a really good job with that. Yeah. And as we've already said multiple times, the chemistry between the leads is amazing. Yeah, I think that Bruju just seems like a really special person to her co-stars, past and present. She seems to get along really well with Ilhan. Judging by all of the likes and comments that Chalar has on Bruju's Instagram, they clearly still get along. Did you see recently that Vulcan from Athili Ashk visited? <laughs> so and since he's also in Bayanlish, I was especially excited because I love his character on Bayanlish. I expected him to be a Vulcan type dude bro, but he's actually very sweet in Bayanlish. So clearly she has great relationships with her co-stars. It shows in her behind the scenes footage. And it's just nice to see. Like, they just seem like lovely people who get along. And that's just nice. It shows through on screen. Yeah. And again, it had a good story with room to grow plot-wise. It mm-hmm. had nowhere to go but up. Everything from the beginning, the puzzle pieces fit into place. The tension was building. The chemistry was just there between the characters. They wanted each other, but there were roadblocks mm-hmm. in the way. And don't forget, there's really good friendship relationships, too, on the show with Zeno and Musa who are clearly the MVPs of moving plot lines along on the show. Honestly. And that's also great where some shows, the friendships feel very shallow and just there to have another body in the scene. But those two really carry their characters in the story a lot. And they're enjoyable to watch. I enjoy their scenes. I don't fast forward through them. Yeah, it was great. There's a lot that that show had going for it. We could have had it all. So before the show finally took Caro down, honestly, I messaged her on Discord, like, what is it going to take to break you? And you're like, I'm just here. It'll be fun. And then episode 23 happened. Yeah, you messaged me on Friday and you were like, this is it. This is what it took, apparently. (laughs) We figured it out. We figured it out. But before that, before it fully took you out, what were some things that made the show really enjoyable for you? Oh, wow. I mean, so much of it. I used to really look forward to Friday night. It was one of the few shows I actually would watch on the day it aired and I would stay up late and I'm on the east coast here so for me I don't get the sub drops until maybe nine o'clock at night if I'm lucky but usually 10 and I would actually stay up and watch so I wouldn't get spoiled 
But I think far and away, my favorite scene is the rain kiss in episode nine. I mean, rain kiss, there's something that a lot of Dizzy's do. A lot of Dizzy's have always like a big moment. And I thought that this show did it really, really well. I mean, it was a hot scene where she's trying to leave and he grabs her and pulls her in after like nine episodes of tension and witty banter. It was, whew, that's a good scene. And I'm a sucker for witty banter. So episode 21, this is where I was really hopeful that we were getting back on track with the show. When Ozan was kicked out of Millennial Saw and he starts to work on commercializing his new idea, Ezra joins him. I love that. He was so openly in love with Ezra in that episode. And Ezra was still guarded. Obviously, he's still married. They've got the whole issue with Chala. But she's clearly sweet on him, too. It was a really heartwarming episode. That stands out as one of my favorite episodes so far because it had been such a long time since we had had a sweet episode that really didn't have a lot of anchors weighing us down. I liked it. I enjoyed the back and forth. That's the kind of thing I really liked about the show and that the show could do well. And overall, I think episodes one through 10 are very, very good up until the end of 10. It's almost a perfect rom-com for me. So, you know, I like when characters pine for one another. I do prefer a reasonable level of angst to the extent that that makes sense. And the plot devices that keep characters apart make sense. I'm here for that. I don't mind it. I don't expect them to just be happy and in love. That's boring. But you've got to keep them apart for good reason. And you've got to have storylines that make sense where a viewer can be like, all right, yeah, I can kind of see that. I can see that this character would make that choice. That makes sense. Those are all things that I think about or even subconsciously think about when I'm watching a show. And the first 10 episodes were great. It made sense. The show works best when it focuses on Ezra and Ozan. And they let side characters be just that. So, you know, in my opinion, it's losing that because they're taking side characters and making them mains. But Ezra and Ozan, they're the heart of the show for me. They're the reason I will still watch the show at some point at an undisclosed future date. <laughs> but yeah, so that's it for me. What about you? I mean, again, it's that falling back in love trope. It's the rediscovering your person and maybe something happened in the past that you weren't ready for each other yet and coming back together. I'm here for that plot. It had everything there. And because I knew what happened in Cunning Single Lady, I was ready for there to be angst. There's a big reason why they broke up, why Ezra left him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to see that all unfold. So that had me in from the beginning. And then for the first 10 episodes, this is something I noted as I was watching it, where the twins are never considered romantic options for Ezra and Ozon. Chala clearly has a thing for Ozon from the beginning. Ozon clearly does not notice. He's just happy like, oh, she's my friend. She's my investor's daughter, co-worker. And I loved that kind of hijinks of her being a bit desperate. I felt a bit bad for her at first, but I was like, girl, like move on. The same with Chinar. I thought it was interesting because that adds to the falling back in love trope is a little bit of jealousy and seeing mm -hmm. your person with someone else to realize how good of a fit you actually are. So he was an interesting character to play off of. Um, Not to interrupt you, but that tracks with Cunning Single Lady. Like, that's exactly how Cunning Single Lady unfolds, where they've got the interest of the twins, but the two main characters never realize it until it's brought up by someone else. 
And in Cunning Single Lady, the two mains never act on it either, which is clearly something that AMI did not follow at all. But it was set up so well. Yeah, I think if it had stayed the course of whatever their Dizzy's original plan was, I loved that so much because I trusted that. It was nice to watch episodes where you could clearly see nothing would happen. So I was able to enjoy the kind of desperation of Chala and Shinar of trying to win the people that they were heartbroken over. Like that was compelling because I was like, okay, it's not going to happen, but it's creating this tension. It was well written and I enjoyed that. Yes, agreed. The other main thing that I really liked was just watching Ezra come into herself as a career woman. Mm-hmm. In the synopsis for Cunning Single Lady, it talked a lot about how the Ezra character, her priorities were more, she wanted to be a comfortable housewife. And so when Korean Ozan wanted to take a risk and do his startup, part of the reason she was put under so much strain is that the life she was expecting was falling out below her feet. Ezra, on the other hand, she's such a hard worker and she thrives in that environment. She has goals and she was always trying to take care of her family and her parents and Ozan for a while when they were married. But when she gets the opportunity to be a career woman and grow, she takes it and she does really well at it. And she wasn't just a secretary like some Mm rom-com lead actresses are. She wasn't really hired unfairly like she had to do some clever resume wording, but who hasn't? (laughs) And I just really liked watching it because she did start as an intern. Like she got what she was qualified for and she proved that she could do it and was good at it and worked her way up. And it was a good way to have her in Ozon's space without it feeling so contrived. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if, because it is a slight shift from Cunning Single Lady where I think the Korean version of Ezra does care more about status. And I'm not saying she's not a hard worker. She was a hard worker on the show, but I think Ezra is better at her job, I will say. She's portrayed as a better worker, more dedicated to the job. I think Ezra liked having that purpose and enjoyed the work. So I wonder if that had more to do with Berju and how she portrayed Ezra and just the natural, I don't want to say chemistry, but just how she tackled the character of Ezra versus what maybe the writers had in mind. I wonder if that played a role at all. I don't think the Dizzy would have been as compelling if she was very catty and... But if you remember, she says in the first episode, she's only going back to make him fall in love with her and then leave him. Yes. That was her purpose. It wasn't to work. It wasn't to have that job. No, and I totally agree with that. But I think that speaks more to Ezra's feistiness and how... (laughs) She was really feisty in the beginning. Yeah, and she respects herself enough. And yeah, maybe it was an over-the-top reason and she was the one who originally left him, but... I thought it worked so well. And I think if her character had just been super status obsessed and was only doing the work as a means to an end for status mm-hmm. instead of what she thought of as revenge that lasted like two days. Barely. I yeah. think, yeah, Burju is a big part of that. And I think that's what makes the show compelling. If she had been a character with less depth, even with her tragic backstory, I don't think the story would have landed the same way in the early episodes, even though the chemistry between the leads was there. I agree. And I honestly credit Burju with that. She just really knocked the character out of the park she did a great job she does a great job it is not over yet carol <laughs> just over in your heart just over in my heart it hurts it still hurts so i guess we can move quickly into what the show has not done very well it should be a surprise to no one how i feel about this based on my conversations with maya so far in this episode i'm hurt i'm very hurt by the show it makes me sad because i loved it so much and it's hard to take something that you look forward to every week and to have that taken away from you like i feel like a piece of joy from my life is gone now that might be very dramatic to say but you know we all watch these shows for a reason we watch to enjoy them i don't think anyone watches them to be unhappy right (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe Maya does because I make her watch the show still. But it's, you know, I'm just sad that the writers took a dramatic turn and I did not see it coming. If you had asked me last week, no, two weeks ago at this time, what was going to happen, I never would have said a time jump. That was not in any idea that I had of where the show was going to go. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I checked out of the show the moment I saw Ozon propose in that trailer. I knew. I was just like, I can't deal with whatever. Even if it was going to be a little side plot that they were going to derail for a second, I was just like, I can't with this. So Mm. for me, the way the show has progressed and somehow kept progressing, I think a clean slate is needed. Not the way they're doing it necessarily. But is it a clean slate? It's not. No. I just mean as far as time. It just gives the writers more room to make changes that they don't seem to know how to write to in that timeline. And I think the issue I have is... A, like I just said, it doesn't feel like a clean slate. And again, I haven't seen 24 yet, but from the spoilers, it seems like we're basically back where we were last week. Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. There's just children now. There's just children now. That's not a jumping off point, writers. Could we not have done this without bringing children into this? I really thought Ozan was going to find out that the baby wasn't his. Like, I was so convinced that Mert was going to come through, that something was going to happen and he was going to find out the truth, rush to London to reunite with Ezra. I had this whole vision in my head of where I thought the show was going to go and where I would have liked it to have gone in a believable way. And when I saw the promo of baby Ozan calling Chinar Baba, when I tell you my heart sank that was it Maya you asked the moment you asked what it would take that was it right there I was done I'm so glad that that was it if it had to have dragged out this far if you had let that one go I was like I don't know what to do with you anymore Carol. I mean you know everyone wants to see the two mains together obviously and I know that there's gotta always be something that keeps things interesting and keeps them apart and keeps the drama in their lives But you can't keep having the same plot devices over and over again, keeping them apart. And it's been 12, 13 episodes now of this. Mm -hmm. We get it. They're plot devices. Find a different one. Anyone. Anything at all. I'll take anything at this point. Give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, um, yeah, AMI has pivoted their plot to a point where I'm a little too brokenhearted to watch anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah, so that's where we are now. We've jumped in time, Ezra's a mother, to Atlas, who is adorable, not adorable enough to bring me back to the show. And apparently Chala and Ozan have a little girl. And that's where things stand now. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to casually follow people on Twitter to see where things go. Maybe I won't take as long of a hiatus as I plan to, but I'm curious where the ratings go with this, Maya. I mean, I'm very curious to see what the ratings are this week. I can't say at this point because I was glancing at Twitter today when the episode was airing. And even in the last couple of days, Atlas has brought people back. They want to see whatever crumbs they get. And that's the right if that's something you really want. Yeah. So I think at this point, there's a lot of viewers that are there. It's like a train wreck. You don't want to be there, but you can't look away. And I respect the people that are on the ride and they're going to watch it no matter what. 
I was that person before the trailer for 24 drops. That's the thing is I don't know how the ratings will suffer because it's based on viewership and there are people there even if they're not there for the reasons the writers want you to be there. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We shall see. You know, I'm glad we did this episode though because I think it's a pivotal point for AMI right now. It's a big change in the show. It's a big change in the plot. So I really wanted to talk about it and I really wanted to have this discourse with Maya who disagrees with me I think on so many levels of this but we do agree on the fact that we're both kind of done for the time being yeah I just it broke my trust a long time ago and Mm -hmm. if Kara wasn't here I would not still be here I'm gonna put that out there like I would definitely keep up with spoilers and maybe watch clips but it just took a turn like once there was even a question that Ozan and Chala might get married it seemed to be such a drastic shift to shock value writing over a solid plot because I think what you're getting at too is that this show takes trope plot lines and plot devices that usually create a problem for an episode or two, right? And then they get resolved and then they move on. There's a dance to the dizzies. Yeah, and of course, again, and it was originally billed as a dramatic rom-com and Mm -hmm. I'm all for there being obstacles. Like that is the point. That's why we're there. But there's so many other ways they could have done it and they had a K-drama to go off of. That's what gets me. They have a K-drama to go off of. They're not pretending that they don't. They're like, we're adapting this K-drama. But instead of taking what the K-drama did and deepening it and extending it they got hung up midway in all of these plot lines that they still haven't resolved like why won't they resolve them yeah again that's one of the more frustrating things because i knew i looked at the spoilers i knew in cunning single lady chala is so obsessed with ozon that her dad has to step in and say please marry my daughter it'll be a great company move begs him absolutely begs jungwoo to marry her and he says no and if the ozon of the first night episodes had been in there that would have been such a great plot and that would have created a lot of tension in the plot because the company would be in jeopardy Mm -hmm. because Chala's dad would not be happy maybe Chala would mentally not be well and Ozan Mm -hmm. would have that guilt and they'd have to take care of her there's so many plots where that could have gone yes and then that was the other thing that I had been waiting for the reveal about the miscarriage that's such a big point of pain for both of them but especially for Ezra she's been keeping a stiff upper lip for so long and one they spoiled it in the trailer for that episode Mm, and mm -hmm. two when the episode did come out they totally wasted all of the tension and all of the build-up change the tone yeah change the tone and it made it like trivial and it made it so Zeno told him off screen and that just felt cheap it felt cheap and that was what we were here for and so maybe that's why the writers were like oh shoot we've gotten to this climactic moment where do we go from here and decided that shock value was the way to go but it wasn't and yet they've leaned into it and people weren't happy and I understand fan service you shouldn't just write to what fans want I fully respect authors as a a profession like it's your story it should go how you want it shouldn't just be giving the cute moments just because people want them you should have a plan and you should execute it but with these dizzies you're shooting them so close to airing that you have time to gauge the general tone of your fans and maybe rein in some things that are less interesting so you have feedback to build out what you want but instead they're like no we made the correct decision better yet we're gonna make it worse and it'll be shocking and exciting and that's why you're here they're leaning into their mistakes and can I just say one thing that still bothers me to this day like I think about it from time to time and I get mad all over again 
what was the point of having the plot line where Chala almost kills Ezra by shoving her down when that never came to light? No one ever found out about it. And now it's too late. Like, even if it comes out, it's been four years. No one cares anymore that Chala almost tried to kill Ezra. But it would have been a really great moment to have come to light earlier. Like, why, Maya? Why was that never resolved? What was the point? It's just shock value. It's like, how can we end on a cliffhanger? But then... I'm trying to think of one instance where Chala has had to answer for her bad acts. When has she ever had consequences? She doesn't. She just weirdly cries and then, like, she's mildly distressed for a second. But then something happens and she wins. And it's just so frustrating to watch. That's a great word. Frustrating. That's it right there. It's frustrating. Life is frustrating enough as it is. <laughs> I expect my shows to be mildly frustrating, to have episodes where you're like, meh, all right, that's a filler episode. But it's been now 23 episodes that I've seen, 13 episodes since episode 10 where things changed, where Chala and Shinar continue to win. And I just don't understand it. Like the fans would love an episode or two where Ezra and Ozan come together to really defeat them and to not have their plans go awry as they did, but to actually have a win that moves the plot forward. I'm baffled. I just don't get it. And Shinar, I have to talk about Shinar for a second because he's another character where he had such a great setup as not quite a villain, but someone who is in the way of the plot. And he's kind of lovesick and you don't want him to be with Ezra, but you feel for him even if he's a player and he's very privileged. So you really only can feel bad for him to a point, but he was dimensional. But for whatever reason, the writers never followed through on that. As a character, Chinar from the first episode has a lot of red flags. Yes. He's very entitled. He's kind of pushy. He does not take no for an answer. He doesn't take no for an answer. He doesn't respect people's time or decisions. And he's pretty selfish. And all of those things, I'm not saying you shouldn't write characters like that. That's interesting to watch. It's cool to see flawed characters who aren't necessarily mains. It gives dimension. It gives depth to the story. But the writers never address his red flags as red flags. He's pushy with Ezra. And even still to this day, even before the time jump, she's still making excuses for him. He was pushy with Ozan in episode one, too. If you remember... He comes home from London and, you know, he's upset that Ozan didn't meet him at the airport and is trying to get him to go out. Ozan's upset because he just had that meeting with Ezra where he tried to pay her off and pay her the alimony. He never paid her and she rips it up and walks out of his office. And Shinar's like, meet up with me. Meet up with me right now. I don't care what you do. Like, he's very pushy in a way that's not endearing to the viewers. I still don't think they know whether they want him to be a villain or a hero. They really don't. And they're just keeping him there for Ezra and Ozan to play off of. And no one cares at this point. Even when he was kind of heartsick and wanted to ask Ezra out and she laughs in his face because she doesn't think he's serious. That was still a moment where I don't want Ezra and Shinar to be together, but I feel a bit bad. Hopefully he'll find someone else, whatever. But there were still people for so long that shipped Shinar and Ezra as if he was an option. It's like, no, he's got traits that need to be worked on. 
that's not the kind of person that you should aspire to be with. There's also been no character growth, I don't think, with him no. at all. And then he flip-flops back and forth where he's covering for Chala, but then suddenly he doesn't like Chala for a second. I don't know what to do with him, and I'm just so frustrated that his character was not utilized more specifically in a way that would have been really integral to the story. Or interesting, like I personally don't find him to be an interesting character. He's frustrating because he basically does everything I don't want him to do. He's into Ezra. He's trying to get Ezra to be his girlfriend. He's helping Chala. And he wins. And he wins. It would be one thing if he didn't win, but he does. All the time. And he wins the same way. It's not even new and different. And it's the same with Chala. She wins in the same way. What are the odds that Mert knows someone at the hospital that can change the DNA test? What motivation does Mert have to help Chala when that's literally his kid? How is money going to sway him when he's turned down money in the past? Now he knows this is his kid and he's suddenly in it to help Chala? That doesn't make sense to me as a viewer. Like we talk a lot about broken trust. My trust is so broken with these writers because they're doing things that don't make sense. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I'm disappointed, but thank God I have Yarga to really <laughs> show me what a good show can be and to give me something that makes me happy. So I know this has been a rambly episode, maybe more rambly than our outline originally set us up for. I'm sorry, listeners. It's me. I'm the rambling one. I just have a lot of feels on this. No, and I want you to have space to be angry because I have other shows that I need the space to be angry. Fair. But this has been our go at a breakdown of Ashmontic Intercom, at least the first 24 episodes. I think we've talked about this already, but both of us are probably going to go on some sort of hiatus from watching for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm sure once it ends, at the very least, we'll do like a wrap up episode of where everything ended up. I think it's going to be better as a binge for me to watch the remaining episodes, depending on how long the show lasts. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, the show has been a lot and it's had some highs, but those highs have been quite overshadowed by the lows. And it's kind of disappointing, especially with our leads who I think deserve so much and are putting so much work into creating these episodes, no matter where the plot lines are forcing them to go. I mean, I give them props. I do love Ilhan's sweet little Instagram pictures that he posts every Friday with the white heart. And it's always him and Berju. And this week it was also with Atlas. But they do a lot of work to get viewers interested. They're fighting a hard battle and they're doing a really good job of it. And it's to their credit, I think the show is as popular as it is. Yeah, they clearly loved at least where it started. So I wish them all the best. Wouldn't you just love to know their true thoughts about where it is now? Honestly, yes. Yes. I also feel like the Instagram posts are, I don't want to say strategic, but there's a lot they're not saying. And I admire the professionalism so much. Mm. It's a lot of restraint on their part, if it's true. There's a lot of restraint and they're still giving their all to the episodes. Yeah. So once it ends, and I think you'll forgive me now for saying, I hope it ends soon. I just, what are they going to do? Time travel? <laughs> I Like back in time? Um, I don't know. So there's going to be like a secret twin of oh, Ozon God. and Ezra and they're going to swap it out and Chala's going to fall in love with Now you're just giving the writers ideas, Maya. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> I've said it already, but the show lost where it could have gone so long ago that I don't see any way of them getting on track. Hopefully there's some retribution to the twins. Hopefully it ends 
happily, whatever that means now. Hopefully it ends soon. Sorry to the fans. No, don't. I mean, I agree to an extent. I want it to last long enough that they wrap up all of the open plot lines. I want the twins to answer for all of their bad acts. And I want it to be satisfying. I don't want it to be 20 minutes at the end of the final episode where the light bulbs go off and everyone realizes what terrible people they are and all of the heartache and pain and misery that they've caused for the past 14 episodes. I want it to be satisfying. So yes, I think the show is maybe past its prime, but I think it needs enough space and enough room and enough time to come to completion in a way that makes it worth it for the fans that have stuck through it through all of these hard episodes to watch. So That's fair. Yeah. But otherwise, this has been our episode on Ashkmantik Intercom, part one. It is. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed my rants and Maya's thoughtful thoughts on the episode. <laughs> So if you've stuck around for this long and gone to the end of this episode, I want to say thank you again for listening. And thank you for listening to the first episode. Just me tracking the stats for the first few days was so fun. And it was great that other people were listening to a project we made. And we'd kind of joked beforehand about having five listeners and we surpassed that. And that was so cool. If you want to interact with us, if you really haven't gotten enough of us yet, mm -hmm. you can send thoughts, suggestions, corrections. Maybe you're an actual Turkish person. Like, what are these people talking about? We would love to hear from you. And you can email us at dizzybreakdownpod at gmail.com. Our podcast also has social media. So if you want to find us on Instagram or Twitter, our handles there are both at Dizzy Breakdown. And for our personal Twitters, you can find me, Caro, at Caro Gables. And you can find me, Maya, at The Scorpio Racer. And if you feel like it, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen on, which Maya, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe now we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And I think Stitcher, I'll have to check back in on that. But yeah, we're out there. We want to make it as accessible as possible for anyone who wants to listen to our nonsense. Yes. And again, because of our schedules and because of having to re-record an episode, especially through the end of this year releases of episodes are going to be a bit erratic but we hope that when they come out they'll be interesting enough to listen to and that next year we'll get a little bit more on a schedule and yes. have more content because there's so many shows we want to talk about now every time I see a gift set of a random show I watched even a year ago I'm like oh I can't wait maybe we should start outlining now there's so many shows I want to talk about there's so much to talk about and so little time <laughs> but we really look forward to bringing the breakdown on so many more shows and current events on what's going on in the Dizzy world. There's a lot going on. We're excited to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to end here. I want to thank Carol for staying up well past her bedtime for this. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.